The following is a hoop ball presentation. Well, six and one, a three and zero road trip, and good vibes on the air plane ride home what's up everybody welcome back to the hoop ball lakers pod as always i am your main man ethan noroff that's at ethan underscore noroff and on twitter and i'm joined by my right hand man jc de leon you can find him on twitter at jc de leon one jc what's happening baby the lakers six and one how about it it's uh it's great to see it's uh definitely definitely fun again it's uh, it's been fun to watch, and it's been really well. It's been excruciating to watch at certain points. I'm gonna be honest, <laughs> but it's been fun to watch the comebacks. And you know, we'll get into the breakdown of everything with this team, Lakers, and the slow starts and the fast finishes. But after tonight, we're we're filming this show right after this comeback win against Chicago. And after tonight's win, I just had this thought in my mind, and it's something that I've been considering right throughout this road trip, which is the Lakers are finding ways to come back and win these games that they have grown so accustomed to losing or finding ways to lose in the previous really like decade now. Am I right on with that or what? No, you're for sure. Uh, When the fourth quarter started, uh, they were, I think, down 10. And uh, right away they got a basket from Kuzma, but they were going to start the quarter without LeBron and AD, and that was kind of worrisome, but... Yeah, it's really impressive that they found a way to win tonight with uh, with contributions from a lot of people. Uh, I didn't even realize that Quinn Cook had 17 points. Well, you know, and that that was a great contribution from him. And, you know, even before I came up on this show, I already had some talking points outlined in this before I had my caffeine injected back into my veins so I could come back alive for this. And, of course, that caffeine brought to you by our title sponsor, Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee. That's how we do it, JC. (laughs) This podcast, like all of our shows, is brought to you by them, Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company. You can check them out at their website, hawaiianisles.com, on Amazon by searching for Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee or on Twitter at HI Kona coffee you can also find us and this show at hoopball lakers on twitter make sure you subscribe on apple Podcasts, drop that five star review and leave us some feedback if you're feeling like it because we appreciate you on that you know the lakers have been able to just find ways to power through these moments of weakness and i was so fired up to come on the show and tell you all about how Frank Vogel made the biggest coaching mistake of the year so far by <laughs> taking out LeBron and AD when they had a chance to push in the third quarter. And I was so ready to rip him a new one, and then the Lakers came back. And I think this Lakers team might be a little bit deeper than some people might have anticipated to start the year. Oh, yeah, for sure. They, um, I mean, the Clippers game, I think, to sort of exposed some of the limits of depth, but they've since improved upon that, and, and they've, uh, they're getting better every day. Well, Kyle Kuzma's return obviously is going to help this team, but really the play of Dwight Howard as well has been just nothing short of phenomenal. Yeah, he's been he's been fantastic. He was he was great in San Antonio, uh, and then he and came through uh, with a couple of plays tonight. All right, so just so you guys know, have an idea of where the show is going. We're going to talk about the comeback win in Chicago, the road trip as a whole, Kuzma's return. Obviously, his role is growing a little bit now. The emergence of Dwight Howard and, of course, the insanity 
that has been LeBron James. There's a lot to talk about this team, and for the first time in a long time, JC, I finally watched this team every game. There was a graphic at one point they flashed up while watching TV, uh, watching this game on TV tonight, and we'll get into the watching experience too, right? Because you just saw this team live in San Antonio. We got to talk about that too. Mm-hmm. So we'll get into that. But, you know, I'm watching this game tonight on television. I watched some of it at the gym, and then I watched uh, the rest of the fourth quarter at home. And at one point, they flashed up the Lakers' schedule over the next five games. And I look at the schedule, and I say, hmm, those all feel like winnable games. And I'm excited to have that feeling again. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, so that's that's it's nice to see that the Lakers come out 3-0 and on this road trip, the comeback win against the Bulls. Outscoring Chicago four, uh, 70 to 47 in the second half to win by six points. The Lakers really looked lethargic in the first half. They looked like a team that saw the Bulls on the schedule and assumed a win. And the Bulls were a team that came out and played strong as if it were a playoff game for them. And then the Lakers were able to find a way to really uh, power through that surge in the fourth quarter doubling up Chicago 38 to 19 and for a lot of that time it was done without contributions from Anthony Davis or or LeBron James it, w- it was the bench it was Quinn Cook with 17 like you mentioned it was Kyle Kuzma finally coming alive a little bit for 15 points he needed 16 shots to do it and his three ball still is non-existent but at least we saw a lot better of an evening from him and the contributions from guys like Alex Caruso and Dwight Howard you know it's uh it's been exciting and uh this is without Avery Bradley tonight too. So, yeah. what was your biggest takeaway with this comeback? Um, just that the the bench does a lot. Of, you, you hear how a lot of the championship teams have one or two guys that do the things that don't show up in the stat sheet. Um, but it seems like most of the all, almost all the guys from the bench do stuff like that. Caruso had a lot of moments where that wouldn't show up in the stat sheet. Like to look at his line tonight. I think yeah, he only had seven points, um, but he had two steals. But he was he was real tenacious uh, defensively. He was just kind of everywhere. He almost had another one of those uh, poster putback dunks where he jumps out of nowhere. Um, and I and I and I feel like that even though he was plus two, he was only a plus two. I feel like that doesn't really indicate the impact he was able to have on this game. Every time he's been on the floor, something positive has happened for this team. Oh yeah, for sure. And he, and he has the, he has the respect of everyone. Like this is a, this is a road game. You feel a sense of excitement when he comes into the game, even from the road crowd. It's it's weird. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of a folk uh, cult, cultural legend, right? Because I think he's sort of the everyman in a lot of the in a lot of guys' eyes. They say this guy looks like a guy who just you know walked in to be my high school science teacher substitute, right? Doesn't look like the NBA player, and so there's this like weird fascination with him because every time there's an opportunity for him to get buried by, oh, Avery Bradley's on the team now, or oh, we signed Quinn Cook, or oh, don't forget about Rondo. Alex Caruso just keeps finding a way to be relevant. So we joke about it, but. Props to him, man. He's found a way to really uh, establish himself at the NBA level. It kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, what TJ McConnell did in Philly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's yeah, he's another one of those guys. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, so, I mean, look, Anthony Davis didn't have the greatest game tonight, right? 15 points, 7 rebounds. He struggled from the field. Uh, he was an impact player defensively with the three blocks. Uh, but it was nice to see the Lakers be able to win this game without Anthony Davis having to have a huge game. So that that is a takeaway for me from this one. The other one is that LeBron James is playing out of his mind, which we will get more into later. So it'll be interesting to see what happens when Rajon Rondo comes back. I think that's the biggest variable for me at this point, obviously, because Avery Bradley has just been out for tonight and you know maybe one more but that seems more or less minor 
Um, the Lakers look good, man, and it's and it's and it's wonderful to see. It's a nice start, and atop the uh, the Western Conference is six and one right now as they move forward. So three and zero road trip, nice wins against Dallas, and then of course against San Antonio. JC, you were at the San Antonio game. Can you take our listeners and myself into that experience? Yeah. Um, so I mean, shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. The Lakers fans travel really well, um, and they they might may not even really travel really well. It's just the Laker brand, I'm sure, is prevalent everywhere. Um, man, the ratio of Spurs fans to Lakers fans in that road game had to it had to be like 55-45. Like that was a lot. Wow. Of Laker wow. fans in wow. San Antonio. That's telling yeah. because that that's that's enemy territory, man. Yeah, for sure. Um, and like for me, I've I've seen LeBron play in person. I I don't know how many times I've seen him play in person, but it's usually in San Antonio. I've never seen him win in San Antonio, so it was nice to see him get a win there. Never seen him get a triple double in person. I've seen different different milestones and things in his career. Like I've seen him score his thirty thousandth point. I've seen him, you know, have a couple of chase down blocks and do that thing where he passes the ball to himself off the background, but or the backboard. But yeah, I've never never seen him have a triple double. So it was it was really nice to see. Oh, there's no question about it. And I think and I think the reality of it too with LeBron is that we were all waiting for him to sort of become this player again, right? We kind of talked about, is he taking a step back purposefully? Does he look at it a little bit slow as Father Tom catching up? But I think that answer has been uh, delivered and fairly emphatically, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it's weird. Like on this road trip, um, it started in Dallas. There was a moment in the first quarter where he was like turning, he turned a corner and it kind of looked like it surprised him that, that the lane like opened up. And so he like tried to run and he had a free lane to dunk it, and it and he jumped, and it seemed like he just didn't get quite high enough. And I was like, oh, man, that might be the first time I've seen him, like, really be kind of old. Um, but then in the fourth quarter of that game, he had that highlight dunk where he dunked it with two hands in the middle of, like, three guys. And it's like, okay, I don't know what happened in that first quarter, but he's obviously fine. Yeah, I mean, he's been nothing short of phenomenal. I mean, he looks every bit like the uh, very effective LeBron James we've grown accustomed to. And I have to say, this late, this for the Lakers to come across this road trip at 3-0, and I think it's just going to be, obviously it's huge in the standings, but it's also huge for the psyche. And it was also huge for a couple of bets that I was able to make over the weekend. And, you know, that's what I like about using the newest partner over at HoopBall, mybookie.ag. And go sign up for a new account. If you use the promo code TODAY, that's T-O-D-A-Y, one word my bookie will match your first deposit up to a thousand bucks so sounds pretty good to me again mybookie.ag enter the promo code the word is today are you gonna get on it jc today no time like the present man oh yeah for sure uh i noticed tomorrow like i'm by no means a gambling expert but i do gamble from time to time and the warriors and the rockets are playing tomorrow and i would hammer that over yeah i would hammer oh i would hammer that over What's the over? What do we got? What's the total? Um, I don't think they posted it yet, but whatever the number is, it's not going to be high enough. I don't think. Yeah. I don't think there's going to be a lot of uh, defense played in that game unless you like Matador-style defense. So on that note, we're going to talk about, you know, 3-0 on the road trip. I think, look, that game against Dallas, very, very, very losable. Right? The Lakers made a series of mistakes. They found ways that that game could have easily gone out of their control and really it was right Danny Green's shot didn't necessarily mean the Lakers had control of that game it was just a big shot in the biggest moment but I think that the Lakers 
because they won that game, it established a tone for the road trip. And I think that was the most important thing, even mm-hmm. more so than the individual win is what propelled them to three straight, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, it, and it's you hear the thing talked about most is their defense and not so much even their defense, but just like their their effort and how locked in specifically LeBron is. And it's 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 a, it's a hard thing to like really notice if you've never you've seen it before. And like he's been a great defensive player before, but like compared to last year to this year, like you see that he's like really locked in on defense. Oh yeah, I mean there was a sequence in, in tonight's game against the Bulls where he bodied up against uh, Laurie Markkinen, and you know he really just he sets the tone, man. When he's engaged at that end of the floor. It, it, it really provides a whole different spark to the team and the identity of the team. And, you know, Frank Vogel's team, uh, teams, obviously, with his identity as a head coach, have been uh, defensively strong ones. And both LeBron and AD have been really, really vocal about their intention of being a defensively strong team. And it's nice because I can't tell you the last time that a team wearing the purple and gold really committed itself on defense. I mean, I know Roy Hibbert was briefly here, but it didn't happen during that period of time either. Right. So, you know, at, at, the th- at the same token, they're starting to figure it out on offense. And I think while there's still room for improvement and there will be things that move around as a result, it's been nice to see that they, they've been able to get some contributions from guys not named LeBron and AD as good as, as good as those guys have been. And I think this Lakers team is going to need, even when Kuzma is in full speed, let's say, I think they're still going to need that other guy on a nightly basis to step up and have 15 off the bench or 17 in the starting lineup from Danny Green, you know, whether it's Quinn Cook off the bench or Alex Caruso or Avery Bradley having a night where he had like 16 points a night before uh, against San Antonio. So, you know, I think I think the Lakers are going to be able to find ways to win games. And right now they're riding high. And, you know, I kind of wonder how much credit Frank Vogel will get if the Lakers continue to succeed. What do you think about that? I mean, I think he'll I think he'll get a lot of credit because I, I feel like in order for him to be able to establish, you know, whatever, you know, his 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 important role over the over the team, it doesn't happen if I don't think LeBron buys in. And so if LeBron buys in, he must believe in what Vogel's doing. And so that's where I think he would get credit, especially since like LeBron doesn't have the best relationship with new coaches. Yeah. And I, th- and I think that's an angle that's probably underexplored right now, but will probably be a very primary topic of focus, assuming the next, you know, five to 10 games continue to be a successful one for late successful ones for the Lakers. And, you know, what's part of making this team so successful. I mean, really a big part talking about guys stepping up is Dwight Howard. You know, one, one of my, one of my best buds sent me a, a, a meme just before we hopped on the show. And it's, and it was, and it said the Lakers in the first half versus the Lakers in the second half and Lakers in the first half was D12 Dwight Howard and Lakers in the second half was D39 Dwight Howard. So I can't say that I, that I didn't laugh on that one. <laughs> yeah. You know? And I think, and I think it's been, you know, impressive probably wouldn't be a strong enough word, right? I mean, he's been not only bought into his role, but he has been so incredibly effective in it i mean he's he's really been a game changer for this team yeah and so like i've seen some people kind of have post this question and sort of had the discussions like whether or not dwight howard should start and i i don't i i think he like i think he's relishing this role off the bench and so and it seems like i'm I'm one of those guys who should tell who's going to tell you that he should start by the way yeah well i mean it because it seems like to me if javel can sort of be that same energy guy he was last year i think him have providing that initial spark at the, at the beginning of the game is good because then Dwight Howard has been playing crunch time minutes anyway. Like that's the only reason why I think is because he's going to play the crunch time minutes. So I think he's enjoying coming off the bench. 
Yeah, and I think that's fair. I just, I don't know. I, I, I consider, I, I, I'm really strongly considering the Rajon Rondo variable in this mix. And, and what I mean by that is, I feel like JaVale's skill set and what he can bring to the table is better suited to run up and down the floor with Rajon Rondo sort of as, as an athletic rim runner in this in a second unit versus Dwight, who is more defensively disciplined, uh, skilled, and capable and and against bigger, op- you know, a larger opposition like a Rudy Gobert or a guy like that, I feel like Dwight is the better matchup in that circumstance. So if that's something that the Lakers are planning to do, let's say come playoff time, because I don't think the Lakers aren't going to start Anthony Davis at center all year just to start him at center in the playoffs. Like right. he might play more center in the playoffs, but I don't think they're just going to outright switch his role like that. Mm-hmm. And so if you're going to prepare for Dwight Howard to start potentially in the playoffs, then I think we should kind of gravitate toward that role sooner rather than later. That is a good point because and and LeBron has been playing really well with Dwight Howard, and I just I I do kind of like the fact that just to think about like five six years ago, people would have the debate of like, well, who do you want to start your franchise with, LeBron or Dwight Howard? Now they're both on the same team. You know, it's incredible. And the, and the most incredible thing, you know, we're talking about weird things that line up like that is the whole Dwight Mayer and the free agency and blah, blah, blah that, you know, that was gone through. It's sort of ironic that now in Anthony Davis's free agent season, where it's a similar circumstance that the Lakers traded for him, although Anthony Davis, by all communications without officially being communications that we can know intends to remain with the Lakers long term. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's a very, very similar circumstance. And Dwight Howard finds himself kind of at the epicenter of it. Yeah. So it's 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 curious how sports works and how life lines up sometimes. But that's the power of it. And that's why we love to do it. And, you know, I think while we're out here just praising the Lakers as as much as we are enjoying this start. There's something that turned on inside of LeBron James, and I don't mean for that to sound weird, even though it probably kind of <laughs> does to some of you. There just seems to be a fire within him right now where he is establishing himself within this team in such a way where he's not denying other guys because obviously he, I mean, he's averaging 11 assists a game, mm-hmm. but at the same time, he has definitely become more assertive over the last handful of games, and for him to score... 30 plus in two of the last three games as and, and to have a triple double in three straight i mean this the, I, I don't know that this version of lebron james that we're seeing right now specifically over the last three games ever existed last year for the lakers no um i mean yeah the team wasn't as good and so maybe he didn't didn't buy in quite as much and then once he came back from the groin, he he claims that it, he he was playing with the groin still torn, and so, you know, he he said in an interview the other day like this is the first time he's like really completely healthy, and so I'm sure that helps. Um, and he probably I'm sure the plan at the beginning of the season was to to filter everything through AD and kind of have him have him sort of run everything, but he is really he is 26 years old, and so he's still pretty young. You can I could even kind of see in that Dallas game when LeBron took over and I could see it a little bit in San Antonio when they would, they would interact on the sidelines. Like he's kind of, he's, I think LeBron's kind of realizes he sort of has to teach AD kind of how to take over and he's not 
taking not teaching him directly, but I think he's kind of showing him what it looks like to be assertive, what it looks to look like looks like to take over a game, and I think AD's like recognizing that, and I think he'll gradually they'll swap roles. I like that perspective. The Lakers would love for that to happen. I mean, even though LeBron has taken a step back overall from the floor in terms of his efficiency, and especially from the three-point line, I really want him to take fewer threes. He is shooting it well from the free-throw line. I mean, he's shooting his best percentage in a handful of years, probably since he was in Miami. Looking at it right now, yeah, since he was in Miami, he's shooting his best efficiency from the foul line. And, you know, he's always been around eight rebounds for the last handful of games, or excuse me, last handful of years, eight to nine rebounds. But the assists are what jumps off the page. I mean, if the mm-hmm. season ended tomorrow, which obviously it doesn't, thankfully, because it just started and I love it. <laughs> LeBron is averaging 11 assists a game. I mean, that's almost unheard of. He's definitely like way looking, looking to be more uh, distribute, be more distributive of the ball. Like the, he drove tonight, and I think he drove on marketing. And he had an open shot at the basket, but. Quinn Cook was right there to his left, and he just flipped it to him, and he was super wide open, and he made he, he made the bucket. I mean, look, LeBron is going to be able to do on a basketball court whatever he chooses to do because he can just impose his will like that even at this point in his career. But I think the fact that he's playing with a roster that suits his skill set more appropriately, more appropriately than the one he enjoyed, in air quotes, enjoyed last year with the Lakers – I think that's going to help his assist numbers, and I think there will be more conversions with uh, consistency as well. And so, obviously, that'll help too. But I think a way for LeBron to stay in the gate, uh, engaged in the game himself, is for others to get if, to get for him to get others involved. Excuse mm-hmm. me. There are so many thoughts happening once in my head; they tried to <laughs> all come out at once. So with LeBron, I think sometimes because you know if you've ever watched LeBron and some other uh, a pair of his teammates are playing a two-man game, and LeBron's just standing in the corner, it almost looks like he's checked out. Now he never is because he's LeBron James, but it can almost appear that way. So for him to get others involved, I think it's a way for him to stay engaged in the game and for him to be assertive when he needs to be. And I think because he's realizing that Anthony Davis is still learning those moments, like you said, now he's pushing himself to the forefront that much more. And I like for the most part, what Frank Vogel has been able to do in terms of stagger their minutes and even though on this road trip they played heavy minutes, it hasn't been absolutely ridiculous to start the season. In fact, looking at LeBron's game log prior to tonight, there were two games with 30 minutes or under. So there's something to be said for that. At the same time, the way this Lakers team is built, they're going to have to play heavy minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And so Anthony Davis, you know, the shoulder gave us a little bit of a scare, for lack of a better way to say it, only because he went from – you know, probable to game time decision to probable and then was only using his left hand during the game, but then appeared fine. But other than that, he's been he's been fantastic. You know, there's been no complaints with what he's been able to do defensively. He's committed himself as well. And I think the Lakers are in this spot now at six and one where they can't grow complacent, but they're going to have to find ways in which to grasp and derive additional motivation to move forward. You know, at this point, the idea of an NBA title, of course, fuels any team, but it's still an intangible concept in terms of really grasping it. So they're going to have to focus on something more in the immediacy 
and it can't just be rooted in the day-to-day. There has to be a long-term vision behind it. And so I wonder what Frank Vogel, Jason Kidd, Lionel Hollins, and that entire coaching staff is talking to those players about in terms of how they're setting up their goals, both individually and collectively. Because in order for this team to really reach its ceiling, they're going to have to remain on the same page for such a consistent period of time. And that's going to be the biggest test of success, right? That's the metric for anything. Can anyone succeed? Sure. But can you succeed over a consistent period of time? That's what really measures your ability to sustain in any environment. Yeah. I mean, that, that, yeah, that's my only cause for concern is that especially with uh, LeBron and, and the effort he's exerting on defense. His, his defense takes a lot of effort and energy. And, uh, and yeah, he's, I mean, he's probably not going to play all 82 games. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's a lot of energy, energy to be exerting on one end of the floor. And that's the biggest concern for me as well is will the tax on LeBron and Anthony Davis be so great that at or near the end of the regular season, they'll be worn down instead of hyped up for the for the postseason. But of course, other teams are going to call those champagne problems, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. So at this, by the same token, the Lakers do have to find a balance. And I think the Lakers do need to really uh, improve on one specific thing. Off, Look, the offense is a work in progress, even though it has shown some improvement. But one specific thing they do need to do better on offense, like yesterday, is a faster start in the first quarter. They can't fall into this habit of constantly falling behind just in order to play catch-up. Are they capable of, of coming back? Yes, of course, as we've seen now a, a handful of times. But that's an exhausting style of basketball to play, and it really becomes taxing over a, a sustainable period. They're definitely a second-half team, and that that could be a cause for concern at some point. Um, but I mean, it it does seem, and it could it could just be tied to like what I was saying. Like in order to be as tenacious as they are defensively, that takes a lot of effort, and maybe that's hard to do for four quarters. Um, but yeah, offensively, they should. Uh, they should they should come out uh, more focused, but I mean, like I think they're ranked first in defensive efficiency and then 18th in offense uh, offensive efficiency. And so, yeah, if they were both in the top ten, that'd be great. When Rondo is healthy enough to play, who are you starting at point guard? Um, that is kind of where I think if, if they end if they end up making a shift to Dwight Howard starting, and then that's where I think you'd be okay with with Avery Bradley because. I did mention that while Rondo does give you more rebounds and more assists, uh, Avery's on-ball defense has been really good, and I think that's going to be important to the starting lineup. And and the second unit, their main focus should be being able to score points while LeBron and AD are sitting. And so that's where I think Rondo might be of more value. Bradley has been a pest defensively, and that's been such an asset to his game and has made him a strength to this Lakers team that's building its identity off of it. Speaking of pests, we won't bother you too much longer on this show. JC, any other main points we got to hit the listeners with before we kiss them goodbye on this one? Uh, not that I can think of. I think we, we've covered a lot for the, this road trip. And, yeah, you mentioned they've got some interesting games coming up and – I think the season is young, and I think there are some things that people thought that they were they were wrong on. I think like somebody I forgot somebody I think they were on the jump said uh, they made a good point about Denver. Like Denver's not sneaking up on anybody, and that's why they might be struggling out of the gate. And like Phoenix is playing really well uh, out of the gate, and uh, yeah, it, it, Phoenix might be a winnable game for the Lakers, but it's going to be a good game. And I wouldn't have thought that a couple weeks ago. 
It's been they've been a, a, an early season surprise to say the very least. The Lakers' next five games are versus Miami, versus Toronto, at Phoenix, versus Golden State, versus Sacramento. I look at that Phoenix Golden State back to back, one on the road and one at home, and I think both of those are potentially uh, schedule losses. So I I wonder about that back-to-back, especially because both of those teams will be pumped up. Of course, Draymond Green's availability in the Golden State game will be vital to having any chance at beating the Lakers just from a pure talent perspective, it feels like. Mm -hmm. But that Phoenix game is definitely going to be interesting. And, you know, the most fascinating part about Phoenix is they're doing it without DeAndre Ayton right now. Yep. Yeah, for sure. You know, we won't get too mu- too much into the Suns because we'll keep it Lakers here. But Miami, Toronto, Phoenix, Golden State, and Sacramento. So we got Jimmy Butler. We got Pascal Siakam. We got at least Ricky Rubio and Devin Booker. Maybe D'Angelo Russell, but maybe a bunch of scrubs. Who knows? And then we got the Kings with Darren Fox leading the way. So it's going to be a variety of opponents that present different challenges for the Lakers. But I think we'll be up to them all so long as we play consistent basketball, sustain that effort and energy at a high level, and cling to that defensive identity. As a reminder, you can follow us on Twitter at HoopBallLakers. You can subscribe. You can sub-sub-subscribe. I'll say it again to this podcast on Apple Podcasts five stars leave a review and you can follow us on twitter you can follow jc at jc de leon jc de leon one right did i get it right jc you did <laughs> all right and then you can follow me on twitter at ethan underscore noroff hit us up on hoop ball that's hoop hoop-ball.com www.hoop-ball.com Check out the Lakers and all of our team-based content over there. The whole fantasy community is waiting to hear from you. Can't wait to check on my teams this evening. For JC, I'm Ethan. Until next time, we out. This has been a Hoop Ball presentation.